0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. Sometimes you love somebody so much, you just can't let go. free money is out there just go get it by starting your podcast today our players this week
1: are victor salcedo the victim and vegas bray our murderess
0: vegas Batella bray was born in 1988 in san diego california to a single mother she grew up in city heights now the neighborhood was known to be definitely not the best but eh not the worst Growing up, she had it kind of rough. Her mom was kind of in and out, and she was also sexually abused as a child. When she was 12 years old, she confided in a teacher. The teacher, of course, told her mother, and her mother said, nah, she's lying, didn't believe her. Now, she was hardly raised by her mother, and by the time she was in middle school, Vegas was living full-time with her grandmother. Her grandmother's name was Brenda Marino, and they were very close. They loved each other. You know, grandmama-grandbaby relationship once she was living with her grandmother she attended hoover high school and her school life really didn't reflect her home life she made good grades she was very popular she was known as like the goody goody two-shoes girl she didn't cuss or anything like that and she also had a side hustle while she was at school she was really good at doing hair so she would braid down the dude's hair you know get a little bit of money and everybody thought that she was really good at doing hair like it was her passion and she looked good too i mean every time she was in school hair done nails done everything did miss ma'am didn't miss okay when it got to her senior year she got the superlative best smile and people thought that she was really going to take her skills to the next level after high school but she decided not to because after high school graduation i'm not sure if this happened before or or after she enlisted in the Navy. But in 2007, so the year that she graduated, she got arrested for petty theft. And she was arrested, she pled no contest, and then she had to go to shoplifting rehabilitation. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. But you know, it's what it's really giving is, this is Mara's making this up, What it's really giving is that, like, she graduated from high school. She got in trouble over the summer. The judge was like, all right, you're fresh out of high school. Seem like a good kid. Do something better with your life. Go take this course so it can be off your record or whatever the heck. Mm -hmm. Or so you don't have to do anything. And then she probably was like, ooh, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life and then went to the Navy. Don't know if that's the real order, but. Both of those things happened in 2007. Now, in 2008, she got a traffic violation. No biggie, whatever. While she was in the Navy, she worked as a mechanic in the machine shop in San Diego's largest naval base, home of the Pacific Fleet. Now, in the Navy, she was doing all right. It was cool. And that's where she met a friend. And his name was Victor C. Sacerro. Now, Victor, he was born August 12th. 1981 he was originally from Chicago and he was born to his parents Teresa and Antonio he was one of four children he had two brothers and one sister he also had a four-year-old son now what happened was him and this girl were together they broke up and after they broke up she found out she was pregnant she was like hey I'm pregnant and he didn't bat an eye and he immediately was like no worries we can figure out how to co-parent because I want to be a father to my son he loved his son on the naval base he worked as a mechanic as well and he worked on like a destroyer ship they were like on the ships he was the first responder for if there was anything that happened any mechanical issues he was the damage control guy on the ships his baby mama said that he was the type of guy that was a hopeless romantic. He was a big kid at heart. He liked to play around. He led with his heart. And it showed. He was also engaged at some point to a woman named Zulima Reyes. Now, they did break off their engagement. So he now that's his ex-fiance. But it goes to show that he was definitely a ladies man.
1: Being a ladies man and all, he had a bachelor's pad that he shared with his fellow shipmates. And they love to entertain women there. His friend says that Victor dated a lot of women at the same time and that it was hard for one person to keep his attention. They even gave him the nickname Sauce because he was saucy. (laughs) His last name was Saucedo. It worked. Yeah, my man's got around. But, like, they say, like, I don't know, inappropriate shit. Like, he's up front with you. You're not his girl. It's a no-strings-attached type of situation. Some time had passed and Vegas was no longer happy in the navy. She was not with the military lifestyle. She was not with all the structure. She was not with that military shit. So, in 2010, she applied for early discharge and she got approved. It kind of took her a minute to readjust to the regular civilian life, like and now this is getting depressing like I went out of high school, I went to the military I don't want to do the shit that I was doing in the military, but I don't have any skills out here outside of that. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, she was like, you know, of course, I do know how to braid hair, but I've got bills to pay, you know? At this point, she was like, I don't I don't really know what I'm supposed to do out here and how I'm supposed to not get trapped into this same shit. But one thing she didn't know was that she was cute and her body was right. So, That's right. <laughs> So she found the job at a strip club called Little Darlings. Not as a stripper, but as a waitress. And, you know, she stayed in the gym trying to keep that body right because that's how you get them tips. Mm -hmm. Um, People described her as beautiful and voluptuous, and it worked out for her. Now,
0: that was one of the jobs that I really wanted to have in college. I wanted to be a bartender. Because, you know, I was bartending in college. I wanted to be a bartender at a strip club and I wanted to get really close with the girls that were dancing and I wanted us to have a relationship where I'd be like they'd be up there like oh yeah baby oh your drink empty go see my girl boom I get a tip go see so and so boom she gets a tip oh baby your drink empty boom go back tomorrow I just felt like that lifestyle would work I mean I could be delusional but I wanted that job so bad you had it they all, didn't all have figured no strip out huh? yeah they didn't have no really good strip clubs where I went to college though.
1: In 2012, Victor also decides to leave the Navy. Now, he had put in 10 years, but he's like, listen, I'm tired of being away all the time. My son is growing up without me. I miss my other family. He's like, it's time for me to go. So he starts taking classes at the University of Phoenix and preparing to go into law enforcement and get a nice, steady job where he can comfortably provide for his son. His sister said he was also making plans to move back home to Chicago so that he could be closer to his son in that regard, too.
0: Now, remember, Victor and Vegas, they met each other while they were enlisted, but they're not enlisted anymore. They kind of lost contact. It wasn't until Vegas was working at that job and she was going to the gym regularly that she ran into Victor. And they were like, oh, my goodness. Hey, what's going on? So they reconnected. They both knew that they liked working out. So they started going to the gym together and everything seemed to click. And so they kept working out together, both in the gym and outside the gym, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in March of 2011, Victor and Vegas began dating. They had an age difference between the two. Like there was a seven year gap, but really they seemed like a happy couple, their friends thought they really clicked. They both had this funny sense of humor. They were very sarcastic. They enjoyed each other's company. They both liked to be the life of the party and they look good together. Like it was it, it it worked out. Vegas was very pretty. Victor was very handsome. He's tall and buff and all that good stuff. And they were dating exclusively for quite a while. They would go on double dates with their friends. They would be hanging out with each other at different events. They would be spending the night up in each other's house. Who lives where, you don't know. There's a toothbrush for each person at both houses. The whole nine, you know what I'm saying? They went together real bad. So Real, real bad. Real, real bad. Well, Vegas, her and her friends, they were like really hoping that Victor was going to pop the question soon because it was getting that serious. But one thing that Vegas did not like, could not stand, was that... Victor still talked to his baby mama and she wasn't having that. She did not like that. His baby mama's name is Dominique Hernandez. And like we said, when the two of them broke up, that's when she found out she was pregnant. So from the jump, they have always had a copaesthetic co-parenting relationship. It's something that they laid out before the baby even got here. They were actually friends. Now they were actually co-parenting. It was actually one of those healthy co-parenting relationships. And Vegas didn't like that. In her mind, that doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's Why be you want to go over there? Right. Why you want to go over there? Why you want to spend time over there? Because my kid's here. Why is she calling you? Probably because it has something to do with my child. Like, she's not calling to see where I'm at, you know? In Vegas, like, she didn't want him to go over there all the time. But Victor was like, what you not finna do is take me from my kid. Have you seen the office where Kelly is talking to Daryl. And she's like, you have to choose your kid or me. And he's like, my daughter. <laughs> she's like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about like what are you talking about girl mm-hmm. so even one time Vegas and Victor they were out at a cookout all their friends are there all their friends are hanging out having a good time at the cookout Victor's phone rings is his baby mama calling he answers the phone obviously because you have my child with you and Vegas goes the fuck off she goes crazy and everybody's like damn she ain't got no shame she is screaming and yelling and causing a whole scene and sometimes when i get mad i don't be caring who sees me upset either it's just what she was upset about that she should have be been shamed of
1: like and it's about him talking about to his baby and it's,
0: it's not like he's on the phone like hey girl what's going on yeah let me go over here and talk in the corner i don't know what they were talking about he's not here to tell the tale but like why are you going off on this man and everybody saw it it was just weird the way that they always interacted with each other Vegas would get progressively worse when the two of them had arguments she would say little threatening jabs you know it starts off that way just little threatening jabs so they were dating for a few months and
1: you know Vegas says off and on but then says Victor unexpectedly broke up with her she's like it's just out of the blue and this is how he did it y'all she says quote he deleted me as a friend. Like, he unfriended me on Facebook. And he didn't even, none of this was in person or anything. He just stopped. So, what she do? Go in her t- car, drove to his house and said, what the hell is up? Now, in her mind, it's not okay for Victor to just come into her life, you know, wine her, dine her, and then leave without a word? Did she deserve that? Vegas is like, obviously, this nigga don't know what he missing, and I need to remind him. So she's like, mm, 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 all up in his face. Don't you want me back? Da, 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 da. And eventually, Victor is kind of like, you know what? Listen, you, of course, are attractive. I'm attractive. We already know each other. We can kick it from time to time, you know, do what we do, but we ain't really on that serious shit no more. Not right now. He tells her he just doesn't want to be in a relationship right now. And she was like, you know what? That's not a no. That's not a you don't want to be with me, right? You just don't want it right now. So I'll hang around and I'll be here when you're ready. So this goes on for about 10 months. And then that's when Victor was like, honestly, shit's getting old. Because, you know, even though she's playing it cool to the side, you know she's not playing it cool to the side, right? Because she couldn't even play a right. court while she was in the position. So you think she's going to be on the side? Like, no. So Victor's like, you know what? This really can't go on anymore. Like, you, we can't do this. And Vegas is like, no, baby, please, listen. You don't understand. We're made for each other. What are you even talking about? You don't have to do this. We can make it work. And Victor's like... I don't think we can. We've been trying to make it work, and she was like, "We can try again. We just need to do different things, whatever, whatever, right?" Vegas is like, "Hey, I feel like I've been used. I've put all this time into you, and you know, I've been waiting around for these ten months, letting you have your way with me, and da 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 da, just for you to not end up with me." So, at this point, Vegas is upset, and some would say rightfully so. You know, some would, but some would. And from there, something starts to switch in Vegas. And she, like, begins to stalk Victor. Like, always popping up unannounced. Victor told his friend Jeremiah that he was trying to leave and this girl won't let him. She's doing— That's horrid. Right. And she's doing crazy shit, like smearing peanut butter on the front door, throwing eggs at his car— some reports say she threw vinegar and paint on the front door, threw a jar of jelly through his window.
0: I heard he went to the mall, came out, his car was keyed, like,
1: said she slashed all four of his tires, but on different days. All these are separate incidents.
0: And can you imagine, like, you already had to replace one, and two days later, you gotta replace another one, and two days later, you gotta replace two of them or something like that? Like, oh. Ugh!
1: You better just pop all four and but can you imagine trying to claim that four different times? you're like, sir. right, is there something you, you need were to tell lying I don't <laughs> you know what type of scam you're running, <laughs> and you know Victor did what he was supposed to do, you know, call nine one one report the vandalism, but they was like you don't really have any proof that it's Vegas, and so there's really nothing we can do, so nothing really came out of it. Now, in one incident, he did catch her throwing bottles at the car, but he was like, I am I ain't going to press charges. I don't want to do nothing but just move on, Vegas. That's all I want to do is move on. And he really feels like it's no point in going to the police because what he looked like, this big ass, two ass nigga, talk about this girl who is 5'2", he's a whole, f- damn near a whole foot taller than her. Talk about, she bothering me while leaving me alone, you know? Like, the misogyny of it all is, nigga, can't you take care of yourself?
0: Right. When in reality, like, you can be in danger by somebody that's smaller than you. Mm-hmm. Fake is, is stalking me. No, for real, she's stalking me. And you know how men are. They laugh it off. Like, ah, oh, bro, she ain't stalking That shit crazy. And no one would really, like, take him serious because like Tazzy said he's a big dude she's a small girl and people aren't thinking that she's i don't know capable maybe and at this point he's starting to feel the heat from her he even moves apartments in his apartment complex to just try to shake her off a little bit didn't work vegas found him quick fast and in a hurry actually one of his friends one of his friend's name was freshta and the two dudes they swapped cars just so that he could get away from her And like maybe she'll be able to not find me if I'm not driving the same car. And his friend was like, bro, like, I'm watching you become sadder and sadder, more and more depressed. Like, you don't feel like you have a life because of this girl. And that's hard to see on your friend, you know? And so, of course, his friend is trying to do anything he can to just help him out. It got to the point where Victor, he called his brother, and he was like, I know what she's capable of. Bro. Like, I really do know... What she can do and what she probably is going to do, like I'm pretty sure she's going to try and kill him. He actually went out and bought two life insurance policies on himself because of all everything that was going down with Vegas, like he just knew it because Vegas was just saying all this stuff like she literally said, "If I can't have you, nobody will, and you know how they get when they start saying that now, Vegas is sitting in the pot stirring okay and she is getting hotter and hotter and hotter now she has this thing where she keeps a diary on her computer and she types in it all the time sometimes she'll talk about how victor is just getting on her nerves how she just can't stand him and then at one point she made herself a bucket list now this isn't a bucket list of like oh i want to go to aruba and bora bora and swim naked with the pigs no This was a bucket list, and they were like phases, right? So the list came in phases. Block who I needed to block on Facebook. Gather all of the evidence from my ex's emails. Buy a gun. Make a video for my family. This will be the last time they hear from him. Kill him. Kill myself. And every time that Victor would turn her down, she would just get more and more angry. She was writing on Facebook what does it look like now that I found out that my ex was cheating on me for the last four months of our relationship? Apparently she went into his email. I ain't trying to tell his business, but she went into his email and found out that he was on some sites and hooking up with trans women. Don't know if it's true, but that's what she put on Facebook. And she put him on blast like that. And first of all, even if it is true, it's not your business. Why are you telling my business? And the same day that she made that bucket list, she checked off, buy a gun went and bought herself a revolver. Now, the heat, the heat was on Victor really bad and he could feel it. Like he could feel, you know how somebody is on you if somebody's staring you down. He could always feel the heat radiating, just radiating off of her. Like he knew it was coming. One time he woke up in the middle of the night. My man's woke up in the middle of the night, looks up and Vegas is sitting on his chest, gun pointed at him. Cause how the hell I fuck up in my sleep? I don't know how he got her to not shoot him that night but he did and on August 3rd she wrote a memo on her phone so she was writing in the diary on her laptop also writing in the memos on her phone she complained again about Victor cheating and she was like he's so full of shit he's so full of lies she said he was so full of lies and then she puts in there In the note, I said was because his dumb ass no longer exists. Goodbye, Victor C. Saucedo, you stupid ass fucking bitch. Which, you're already... before This is before anything has happened to him. And you're already speaking about him in the past tense. Purposefully. Right. But, you know all this time, like, she didn't automatically go through with it. She bought the gun the same day that she... Made that list, but she didn't go through with it. And do you know all this time they were still fucking? Mm. And, that's and everybody's right like, there. "Why did not she do it? Why did not she do it right then?" I I bet she did, and I bet he was like, "You know what? Let me just lay it on this pipe real quick, Chill so I out. live I to see another day."
1: Around August or September, she goes to Victor's apartment complex. Talk about she looking for a place to rent, and. As an effort to make amends, she tells Victor that she's going to move into the same apartment complex. And for whatever reason, Victor offers to co-sign the lease for her. I'm guessing in some way Vegas has guilted him into co-signing on this because of why? This girl is stalking you. And see, this is the thing. At this point, you're sending mixed signals. Because do you want this girl around you or don't you? Why would you co-sign on an apartment for her in your same apartment complex if you're trying to get away from her? It it really is giving mixed signals. Maybe Victor's like, if I just do this one thing, she'll calm down and I can move on with my life. Or maybe he's like, I like a little bit crazy. You keep You keep the spark going, you know? On October 5th, she writes another memo on her phone and it says, quote, just say that she was obsessed with killing him. Now, we're not really sure. This is a you know, to herself. And I don't know if she's talking in third person or something, but I feel like she's talking in third person or something. So she goes to his apartment to talk about her moving over there, and it's clear that this doesn't really even phase Victor. Like, he's not, like, scared of her or anything like that. As a matter of fact, he invites her in for a drink. You want something? Yeah. So they get to drinking and to talking. And one thing led to another. They end up in bed together, and she even spends the night. Now the next morning, Vegas wakes up, and she was like, here go my mans, looking all good in the morning. You know, he about to move me out here next to him. We're about to finally get back right. Like, everything's on the right track. She just knew if she played the part and held it down for these 10 months that he been playing his games, And everything will go back to normal So she gets the great idea We should go out and have breakfast this morning And Victor's like, nah, I'm straight And Vegas is immediately pissed off And she's like, so you can fuck me But you don't want to eat with me this is really throwing her for a loop. She she don't even like the energy that she's coming with this morning. Like, if that's the way you felt, then you should have never let last night go down how last night went down. So she ends up leaving to go meet up with her brother at the DMV. And when her brother sees her, he doesn't think anything's off at the time. This whole day, this morning after, it's October sixteenth, two 2012, and Vegas leaves her brother, gets in her car, gets on the highway, starts headed to her homegirl house. But at some point... She decides to go to her apartment. She picks up her gun, the revolver, and drives back to Victor's apartment. And she arrives there around 3 p.m. Not sure how she got into the apartment, whether he let her in, if she let herself in. But about 10 minutes after she arrived, she pulls out her revolver and she shoots Victor. Now, the revolver holds six bullets in the chamber. She shot all six of them, reloaded her gun and continued to shoot him. She ended She ended up shooting him three times in the face, once in the right shoulder, once in the left shoulder, once in the right side of his chest, one to the right of his back, one in his right hand, one in the left shoulder, one in the lower chest, and one to his abdomen.
0: All the bullets that were shot, she did not miss him once. Mm-hmm. Did not miss Because she's shooting miss- him right
1: there at point blank, like...
0: Some people miss it, point blank. Some people do. Mm -hmm. But she made every single one. After she is done shooting him, the first thing she does is pick up the phone and call her brother. She calls her brother. She's like, I called just because I wanted to say that I love you. Hangs up the phone. And her brother's like, "Mm, something don't sound right. So he calls her back, back to back to back to back because she wasn't answering. And finally she does answer and... When she answers, he's like, What's going on? She's like, I I Victor, I thought I think ugh, I think I shot him. I Victor, he's laying here. I Victor, he's dead. I shot him. I killed him. She is frantic. She's freaking out. Remember, she has she is thinking that she's going to finish the last thing on her bucket list, which is to take herself out, right? She's talking, she's going off and her brother's like, calm down, calm down. Finally talks her down. It's like, listen, you need to call nine one one. She Calms down a little bit. She's like, "Okay, great." Hangs up, and then she calls nine one one. Now, when she calls nine one one, she tells the operator that she found her boyfriend laying on the ground in the hallway. She's like, "I came over. He's just laying here." And she's like, "Please send someone. Please help me." And she's, they're like, "Okay. Well, what happened? He's not breathing. He's not moving. He's so still. Oh my god!" And they're like, "Okay, ma'am." what happened? Was he shot? Was he stabbed? She's like, he was shot. Okay. And they're like, do you know who did this? And she's like, I don't know who did it. She's like, it's a gun. There's a gun that's laying right next to him. And they're like, okay, do you know if the gun is his? And she's like, yes, it is. And they're like, miss, do you know what happened? She's like, I don't know what happened. I'm not sure what happened. So quickly the police, the EMTs, they arrive at the scene. And at first Vegas tells the police that he shot himself. Like it, it had to be a suicide. And When they get to the scene, you know, suicides usually don't have nine bullets (laughs) for starters, you know, just usually they don't haven't seen one. in my very limited knowledge, but they do find Victor's body and they do find the 38 caliber revolver that's laying next to him. That's really giving defensive, right? Like if you were shot in the hand, then you probably had your hands up trying to maybe cover your head, maybe cover your face, maybe please, please don't shoot me. That's what it's giving, right? So the police are like, ma'am, why don't you come on down to the station, give us a statement. I know that you're shaken up. I know that it's hard to see your boyfriend laying like this in this state. Why don't you come on down here so that we can just do our detective work? And she's like, okay, of course. Goes down to the police station without a question. Still at the crime scene, the detectives, they're like, okay, um, neighbors, have you heard anything? Have you seen anything? And the neighbors, they did come forth saying that they heard, I don't know, they were like maybe 10 shots. I'm not sure. Five. They were like, maybe we heard five or six, but there was a pause in between. And then we heard more shots. Like it wasn't just 10 back to back to back to back. So some neighbors said that they saw Vegas. They were like, we saw her around the neighborhood. We definitely saw her around his apartment around the time that the shots rang out. Also at the crime scene was a box of ammunition. Now, if you know anything about your guns, she didn't have just the regular bullets. She had the hollow tips, and the hollow tips are not practice bullets. The hollow tips will really tear up your insides. They are fatal. Okay? You you don't play around with your hollow tip bullets, and there was a box of ammunition at the crime scene just there. Now they, they take Victor's phone. They check it. In Victor's phone, there's a voicemail, a fresh voicemail at that. And the fresh voicemail is from Vegas, and Vegas is on the voicemail saying, "Baby, please, you know I love you. I just, I just don't want you to leave me. I, we, we belong together."
1: Streaming October sixth on Paramount Plus. First place I learned about death was a pet cemetery. Dead things buried in that land would come back. There's something else. Something's wrong. Continue. He needs time to
0: adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking through him.
1: Sometimes dead is better. Pet, Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount Plus.
0: Instacart helps you get beer and wine delivered in as fast as an hour. So, whether you need to fill the cooler for tailgate season or fill your glass for Pinot by the fire season, you can save time by getting fall sips delivered in just a few clicks. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 or over for alcohol delivery where available. Instacart. Add life to cart.
1: Now, back at the police station, Vegas is giving details on how she and Victor met. Now, this is all a voluntary interview. She's not under arrest at this point. She talks about how they met, how they broke up, how they was <laughs> doing to do on occasion, all that good stuff, right? Then they started asking her, so what exactly happened today? All she could really say was that she doesn't remember anything because she blacked out, and when she woke up, her ears were just ringing. Now, the last thing she does remember is driving on the freeway to pick up our homegirl so they could go to the gym. Now she goes on to say that she's been suffering blackouts since she was a child because she had been a victim of sexual abuse. She even told the psychiatrist that diagnosed her with depression and PTSD. And she continues talking to detectives. And they're like, so you still have feelings for him? And she's like, yeah. He was like, and you just weren't ready to let go of that guy, were you? And she says, I wanted to, but it's hard. She also told the detectives about her alter ego, Baby Bray, who, quote, handles a lot for her. And the detective's like, girl, do you got a second personality? And she was just like, I'm just thinking it's another part of me that did it. That had to be it. Like, it had to be her. She did it. Now, I remember, think back to those notes where she was like, just say she's obsessed with killing him. Is the she, Baby Bray. Is that who's obsessed with killing him? Now, they did say on a Deadly Women episode that, what, mental immaturity is an actual clinical diagnosis. And the lady reporting was like, she feels like Vegas stopped maturing. She was like, she has the maturity of a 10 or 11-year-old, which is around the same time that her mom left. And that could be a cause to, like, her behavior and why she's acting like this because... Let's think about childish things she did. Egging the car and throwing paint and and jam through the window. Childish. Calling the police and shooting a guy nine times and then saying that it was suicide. That's childish. That's a childlike mindset. Uh, Sitting here stalking this man because he don't want to be with you. Childish. Even the coping me- mechanism of disassociating—that's like protecting your inner child, right? So could be onto something. Not too sure though. Now the detectives start talking to friends of the couple and asking about their relationship. And Vegas's mom was also interviewed, and she stood on the fact that her daughter could never kill somebody over something as silly as jealousy. Now she didn't want to be identified, but she did say, "quote." She doesn't have to do that. She could have anyone she wanted. She goes on to say... How
0: you know? You ain't been around.
1: (laughs) She goes on to say, Sometimes Vegas gets flashes and she can't remember what she did because she gets angry. But she had to be provoked to the utmost point. I've never seen or thought anything like this would happen. End quote. Now, Vegas's grandmother, Brenda Moreno, also gave a separate interview where she said, quote, they're bringing up all these negative aspects about her, whatever they can find. She's ex-military like Victor was ex-military. She served her country just like he did. I haven't heard that one time in the news. It's like he's up here. She's down there. Grandma goes on to say how often Vegas helped her mom out with bills and she was just the nicest person and she never had a problem with anybody. Even Vegas' half-brother, Santiago Rubio, says that Vegas was the best thing that ever happened to him and that she was not a, quote, monster. And he was also adamant about the fact that Vegas was not a stripper at the club. She worked at just a waitress. So y'all can get off of her, okay? Um, That same night, Victor's family and friends held a vigil for him uh, in Imperial Beach, California. His son, Jeremiah, spoke at the vigil and said, quote, My dad is the only guy I know. That's why I love him so much. So super much. My dad died last night because the ex-girlfriend killed my dad.
0: And it was so sad because he said it in his cute little voice. He's like six
1: at this time.
0: He's like six.
1: And he got to be up here talking about how this ex-girlfriend killed his dad.
0: That crazy lady killed my dad. Right. So at her arraignment, she was pretty emotionless she just kind of sat there and bail was denied victor's baby mom was telling the outlet she was like listen vegas just wouldn't leave him alone they broke up she couldn't get over it it was a hot mess on april 24th 2013 preliminary hearings were underway before trial started so she entered a not guilty plea she said that she blacked out and then when she came to victor was already dead And the prosecution was like, listen, everybody, she was jealous. She was jealous of his baby moms. And then Vegas is like, no. She just yells out from her seat. No, I was never jealous. I'm not... I'm not going down for something I don't remember doing. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going down for something that I don't remember doing. And everybody's trying to calm her down. Her lawyer even like touches her face and tries to calm her down. No, no, I'm not going down for something that I don't remember doing. Finally, they escort her out of the freaking courtroom And her lawyer's like, judge, maybe we should postpone this and get her a psych evaluation. And the judge is like, you know what, defense attorney, that sounds like a great idea. And he grants it. In July of 2013, she meets with a psychiatrist for three months. And the psychiatrist is like, nah, she is not fit to stand trial. So because of that, she is moved from the jail to a treatment facility Now, over time, it had been like two years, and finally, they said that she was fit to stand trial. Her trial date got scheduled, and she was set to begin trial on October 15th, 2015. During the trial, the courtroom was packed. Victor's friends and families and loved ones and his nine-year-old son, his baby boy, came in, sat at the courtroom every single day to support Victor during the trial. The defense was telling the jury about Vegas's past. Like, she's got issues with attachment because of her mother. She's got issues with relationship because of the problems that she's had from a child growing up. Feeling like she was abandoned. Being sexually abused. Like, all of these things brought forth the trauma that she has now that have led to this case baby braid came to her when she was around 12 years old middle school the time that she felt abandoned so yes she needed this person this other identity if you will to handle the things that she couldn't handle and by california law if you were not in your conscious right mind when an act was taking place then you are not liable for this crime. So they're not saying that she didn't do it, but they're saying that baby Bray did it. Therefore, she wasn't in her right state of mind. So she can't be held liable for what happened. They're trying to get him on technicalities, right? The defense also pointed out like, listen, she called 911. She didn't run away. She didn't try to hide. She didn't do anything outrageous. She's the one that called so that he could get medical attention, this altered state of consciousness that they were saying that she was in when Victor was shot. Now a psychiatrist actually came and testified to her state of mind, they said that she was in a, quote, disassociative state, a post-traumatic state in which she was not in control of her actions. She was in control of some of her actions, obviously. Like, she was able to drive and do her routine things, but that's automatic. Like, those are, your routine is ingrained in you. They're not really a conscious choice. And those conscious choices aren't the same if you were, like, to speak. She was in autopilot because of the rage that she was in. Which... I do get. I'm not going to say that it don't make sense. Not going to say that it wasn't a good argument because it definitely was. Now, the prosecutor, they were like, listen, Vegas was a woman spurned, okay? She was upset because Victor had laid down the pipe last night, did not want to hang out with her the next morning, and she felt offended. She was already talking about wanting To off him she was detailing the steps that she was going to take to get rid of this man and to send herself through the self-checkout like she had it out for him she bought the weapon with the intention to kill him she went to go get that exact weapon if she was upset with him that morning and they got into a fight and maybe she pulled out a knife that's one thing right i got into a fight that day you left got the weapon and came back Come on now. And then shot him, like shot him nine times. Did not miss. The, the the prosecution is really laying it on thick. And they're saying like, if you're in this blackout state and you empty the clip, right, that it's not a part of your routine to reload the gun. That's not a part of your everyday routine. That's something new. You're not just emptying a clip. Just it's not a clip because it's a revolver. You're not just emptying a chamber every single day. They said that Vegas committed the ultimate act of obsession when she came in there and killed him. Now, what really dug her nail in the coffin was when her half-brother came up. That's the one that she was hanging out with that morning. And he said that she loved him and he testified that she did kill him and that she called him and told him that she killed Victor. The jury went out for deliberations, and on November 2nd, 2015, they found her guilty of first-degree murder.
1: Now, under California law, first-degree murder automatically gets you 25 to life. And then if you use a firearm, that's another consecutive 25 years, right? The sentencing hearing was held on January 8th, 2016. Antonio Salcedo Jr., Victor's brother, made a statement at the sentencing hearing saying, quote, he knew what you were capable of. You were selfish when you made the decision to murder my brother. My brother was a good person. He goes on to talk about how this death has affected Victor's son. He said you took away his hero. Victor's son told him that he wanted to build a time machine so that he could go back and prevent his dad from ever even meeting Vegas. Now, the defense tries one last time to use her childhood abuse and mental condition as an excuse for more leniency. They wanted to get her officially charged with a lesser charge like manslaughter, but it didn't work. The judge said the jury said first degree, so it's first degree. So Vegas was then sentenced to 50 years, which means she'll be eligible for parole at the age of 78 in the year of 2066. Now, the entire time, Vegas's mom stood by her saying that if she killed anyone, it had to be under dire circumstances. And in addition to serving her time in prison, she was also ordered to pay restitution to Victor's son for a sum of $5,000. Which, I mean, how you put $5,000 on a life? Is that really restitution? Or is it... Mm, Right.
0: Right. That just sounds like you're paying the fee for him to move out. Right. What?
1: She did end up filing an appeal, of course. Her appeal was based in the fact that She doesn't feel the jury was properly instructed that they had the option to convict her of a lesser charge. And I feel like maybe that could be true. But that was really her only argument, and the court decided that they were going to uphold it. And it was like, regardless, they found you guilty of first degree. So you're guilty of first degree. Um, So ever since, Vegas has been incarcerated at the Elmwood Correctional Facility in Milpitas, California. And that is the show.
0: Dun-da-da-da! Da, da. We've done-done it again! Out of pearls done-done it again, y'all! All right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would've got away with it. I did do it, but if I did, I was about to say get a journal, but her journal was messing her up in the first place! You said what? I
1: said I was about to say get a journal but her journal, her journal was where she's doing all the planning <laughs>
0: right um this is just another one of those things where it's like hey girl you know what is not good you caring about this man more than you care for yourself and stalking this man I didn't do it, but if I did, I would have gotten out of the military and went to college. You have a whole... You have the military behind you. Go to school. Get an education. For free. (sighs) Because she did well in school.
1: Right. I ain't do it, but if I did, girl, y'all got to stop begging these niggas to be with you. That nigga whole ass blocked you after y'all was going
0: for months. Without a word,
1: that ain't the type of nigga you want I'm back sh- in your life. I mean, I'm sure I'm she sure earned it wasn't it. without
0: a word. <laughs> I'm sure she earned it. I'm sh- sure she earned it.
1: But still, that is a sign of incompatibility. Girl, move on. He ain't the one. I ain't do it. But if I did, if we were gonna pay this suicide roll, girl, once is enough and make it count. If he survives, then he survives. But you have blown your cover. I ain't do it, but if I did, if I did empty the nine rounds, then I'm not gonna lie about the suicide. At that point, just stick to the mental, I blacked out, I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? But now you've made it look like a cover-up, and now we can't trust you.
0: Right. And no one wants that. I ain't do it, but if I did, I wouldn't have a paper trail? Hello? Girl, like... (laughs)
1: Not you've been planning this for the long term. We all know planning equals first degree. We do not want first degree. Show no Come signs of planning.
0: You knew better than that.
1: You knew better than that. I ain't do it, but if I did, I still think, you know, at no point did you ask for a lawyer, girl. Because <laughs> I would have told the During lawyer. Your
0: interrogation.
1: Right, I would have told the lawyer about this little blackout situation, about this little childhood trauma, and be like, so how should we play it?
0: Right, because it seemed like she tried to do it with herself. And I feel like her lawyer was really trying to help her out as much as she could. I ain't
1: do it, but if I did, I feel like... They made sure that she was mentally competent to stand on trial. But did anybody speak to her mental competency at the time of the murder? Because like they say, in California law, you have to be fully conscious. So who investigated whether or not she was actually conscious during the time of the murder? And like, what resources did we bring in to try and prove that theory? Like I mean the right. psychiatrist said that she does black out But I feel like we can press a little harder What are the signs they didn't find anything. Happened? Well no they said that, that she does have the trauma And the PTSD from her childhood But like Is there any way to speak To what happened maybe if she had a fucking lawyer When you're about to go on trial
0: Maybe yeah That's all I got Parole or no parole What you say I don't know
1: I do feel like she's a little touched in the head and the facility might be better suited. Um, we'll see what she does. Wow me. I'm willing to give you another chance, but do some good in there. Make some changes. Show growth. Work on that maturity.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to work on something. No parole for me. Of course. <laughs> no. I mean, I has no time for your shit, learn how to act. I mean, if push comes to shove, what I really care about more is the fact <laughs> is you going to the facility. Like, I can I can deal with that. Yeah, I really feel like... More. I don't know, girl.
1: If, if your trauma is causing you to black out and you truly believe that you were blacked out during a time of this murder, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because... That is serious danger. If you are killing people when you go unconscious we can't trust you out here because you might go unconscious and it happened again. Like there's nothing like that really needs to be treated and investigated and a plan to prevent that from ever, ever happening again.
0: I agree. All
1: right. Well, that brings us on to the next segment.
0: Let's go ahead and read some reviews, girl. (laughs) If you want to leave us some review, you can. You can do it on multiple platforms. You can do it wherever you're listening right now. Maybe. Possibly. More than likely, you can. If not, you'd be able to rate us. And I hope that you do. And then you say that we're amazing. I really hope you say that. This one says... I'll beat you to it. This one says, I love a good true
1: crime. I found a snippet on TikTok. They have everything. I followed for a while before I said, you know what? Let me go listen to a photo episode. I've been listening ever since. I sit and listen and talk like y'all can hear me. I love, love it. Thank you. And you ladies are beautiful.
0: Thanks, girl. You're beautiful, too. Thanks. So are you. We love you. You are amazing. Absolutely. Um. This one is from Soraya Cooper. Soraya says, "I've been listening to your podcast, and I have to say that I am absolutely obsessed. It's not so often you hear about or see black women that are murderesses, but your podcast is living proof that sisters can indeed kill. Keep up the great work. Yes, yes, they can. All right, that's the end of the show. If you want to keep up with us, you can. You can follow us on Instagram, Sisters Who Kill Pod. You can follow us on Twitter, Sisters Who Kill." Facebook sisters who kill. You can also join the Facebook discussion groups, sisters who kill podcast discussion group. You have to answer the questions again, okay? Um, You can follow us on TikTok. tick I'm sleepy. You can follow us on TikTok sisters who kill podcast and anything else, friend. Tell the folks Um,
1: we're having a charity event, sisters who give. It's going to be July 29th.
0: 12 to 5? I love that. We will be arriving together.
1: Sure, but, um... Y'all, bring games, because that's a lot of time to be out in the heat
0: now. This is very informal. Very when informal. When I tell you guys... Bring games, come bring it. I'll probably bring the volleyball. I'm definitely going to bring my donation for the Atlanta mission, and you should, too. Absolutely. You have to. We will... I'm not yes, talking you to you. you have to. Or I will... <laughs> <laughs> And Tassie is really good at the cold shoulder.
1: <laughs> like, you can't be talking to me. <laughs> Mariah, <Marising> somebody <laughs> called you.
0: Not I. <laughs> Make sure that you bring a gift for the Atlanta Mission for their back to school. Give, give with your heart. We will post things that need to be given as well as like a little overview map of where we will be sitting so that you can come join us and have a good time. And I will bring my speaker so that we can play the Sisters Who Kill playlist. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Talk to us. We talk back. Bye. Bye.